In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Ave Maria. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, we pray in the Hail Holy Queen that Mary is our life and our sweetness and our hope. So I'd like to ask Mary to bless us in a special way. And by the way, tomorrow we celebrate the Queenship of Mary. We celebrate the Assumption of Mary. And then shortly after that, we celebrate the Queenship of Mary, which of course would be the fourth and fifth of the glorious mysteries. So great to be with you. And let's start off then by praying the prayer that she loves most. And that prayer, of course, is the Hail Mary. So together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. What a blessing it is to have as our spiritual director the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide. And the Holy Spirit, of course, has many wonderful, wonderful titles. Holy Spirit is the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Holy Spirit is also known as the Consoler. He's also known as the Counselor. The Holy Spirit is also known as the Sanctifier. In our pursuit of holiness, the Holy Spirit is, is the key protagonist in this, helping us to really grow in holiness of life. So let's uh, invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light, a lot of peace, a lot of joy, long life and eternal life. So let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same spirit, we may be truly wise 
and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of God and Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Pope Pius X, Pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola. Pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier. Pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska. Pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. So after praying together with you, our Perseverance family, I'd like to encourage all of us, after we prayed to Mary, to the Holy Spirit, the angels and saints, by reminding you that later on when they celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, I'll be placing you on the altar. That's right. I'll be placing all of you on the altar when they celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to offer these specific intentions. First, I'd like to pray that all of us in our Perseverance family will Be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That all of us will be open open more and more to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can say this prayer during the course of the day. And it's, uh, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention will be, I'd like to pray in a special way for all of our families, especially family members that have walked away from God. That they're, they've chosen the wrong path. That through our prayers 
And like the Canaanite woman yesterday in the gospel, that we would be, that we would have faith and that we would have patience and persistence and perseverance. Uh, what a beautiful model that Canaanite woman is for us in our prayer life, that we would not give up hope, never give up hope, but pray and as, as Padre Peel would say, pray and trust and don't worry. Good advice. What do you think? Pray and trust and don't worry. So I'd like to pray for our family members that they would see the light. And of course that light is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. And then my last intention will be, as always I like to pray in a special way for for those who will be dying, those who will be dying sometime today, especially those who are perhaps not in the state of grace, that they would open up their hearts to what was the first reading yesterday, to God's mercy, mercies related to to our sinfulness, that we are sinners, but as Paul says in Romans chapter 5, where sin abounds, the mercy of God abounds all the more. So I'd like to pray in a special way for deathbed sinners and also that all of us in our Perseverance family, all of you, we would, in the words of St. Alfonso Maria Liguri, obtain the grace of all graces. And the grace of all graces would be to die in the state of grace. So at the grace of all graces, the grace of all graces would be, would be to die in the state of grace. Praise the Lord. Grace of all graces. Grace of all graces would be to die in the state of grace. So my friends, we've got a lot of intentions, don't we? And a lot of trust. So today there's a lot to cover as always. We have the book of Judges uh, from the Old Testament. Joshua's died and Moses has also. Now we enter into the book of Judges. The responsorial psalm is taken from Psalm 106. And the antiphon is, Remember us, O Lord, as you favor your people. And then we have the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 19, and we have the encounter between Jesus and the rich young man. And then, my friends, we have a saint that we celebrate today. And the name of the saint is Saint Pope Pius the tenth, Saint Pope Pius the tenth. So I'd like to start off by giving our Perseverance family a kind of a brief summary of the 
Life in the Contribution of St. Pope Pius X. Not to be confused with St. Pope Pius V, who lived in the in the 16th century. St. Pope Pius X. So, I think we can learn a lot from him. Let's pray for the papacy, pray for Pope Francis, or pray for all the popes that will follow, the vicars of Christ. So, the name of this pope and his historical context, we'll get to know him in a lot of contributions. So he was born in Italy into a very poor family. On June 2nd, 1835, and he died August 20th, which would be yesterday, 1914. So he lived to be 79 years of age. He was canonized by another pious, pious servant of God, Pius Twelfth. So here's a brief summary of his life and the, his contributions. He was born into a, a rather poor family. His father was a parish clerk and his mother was a seamstress making clothes. And as a child, he would walk many miles to, to, to school and then come back. Now, when, when he was in his teens, his father passed away. And his, he decided, out of charity, that he would stay home to watch over his mother and his other siblings. But his mother would not have anything of it. His mother wanted him to study so that he could pursue his vocation. And the vocation of... His name was Giuseppe Sarto before he became Pope. Giuseppe, which is Joseph Sarto. Which in English would be tailor. He makes clothes. So, the mother insisted that God would provide and that her son would pursue the vocation to the priesthood. And he obeyed his mother. So in 1858, Giuseppe, he was ordained a Catholic priest in Italy. And he worked, uh, he worked in a parish uh, for about 17 years, and he, he, he really felt called to help out the poor people and to evangelize the poor people. But the the bishop recognized that he had a lot of qualities. So the local bishop, he named Giuseppe, Father Padre Giuseppe, to be the spiritual director of the seminary. 
and chancellor of the diocese. So already he's got these very important roles. Chancellor of the diocese would be basically the right-hand man of the bishop. And the director of the seminary, very important, because he was directly involved in the formation of future priests. Part of the charism, part of the charism, my friends, of the oblates of the Virgin Mary, I, I'm an oblate of the Virgin Mary, is the formation of priests. Helping priests to really become good and holy priests so that they can work in the formation of Catholics and the salvation of their souls. And then he was ordained a bishop, and then he was made a cardinal. Then in the year 1903, when he was about 68 years of age, this little-known cardinal was elected pope, much to, much against his own wishes. Probably never thought in a million years that he would be elected to be the Holy Father, the Pope. But in obedience, he, he accepted this responsibility. And he took this very seriously, as you can imagine, because the Pope is the moral leader of the whole world. You probably know that the Pope, the Pope chooses a model which will characterize his life. Maybe some of you may remember that Pope John Paul II chose totus tuus ego sum, which is taken from St. Louis de Montfort in honor of Mary. I am all yours. I am all yours, meaning I, I give myself totally to Mary. So we can also ask that he'll bless the children who will be going back to school today, as Carmen has asked, and you're going to see how he's how this Pope is actually related to children. So we'll pray for children today and teenagers in their academic pursuits. His papal motto was to renew all things in Christ. What a beautiful motto. To renew all things in Christ. That, that's a motto that hopefully one day will characterize our lives the lives of our family, the lives of the church, and hopefully the whole world, that the whole world will be renewed in Christ. Now, one of the uh, characteristics of this Pope was his great creativity, and he was also called he really felt called that the church had to be reformed. There were a lot of things that had to be discarded. 
some things renewed, and to create actually new uh, pastoral programs. So I'm just going to give you a list of the many contributions that this great pope had. And he had many contributions. So let's go through the list. And I honestly believe that we're going to see that the contributions of this Pope Pius X are very viable or very applicable to even this very day. This very day. So the first, he is probably best known among the many contributions in his relationship to children. That's why we want to pray to children that, that are returning to school today and children that will be taking up their catechetical studies within, within, a, within a couple of weeks. He believed this, that people should receive the Eucharist more frequently. Back before him, people would receive the Eucharist maybe twice a year for Easter and Christmas. He promoted more frequent reception of the Eucharist. So I'm always trying to do as uh, as a priest in my parish, trying to get as many people as possible to not only go to Sunday Mass, but if possible to go to daily Mass. If it's not every day, maybe once or twice more during the week. What greater gesture in the world than to receive the Eucharist, which is truly the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Adding to that, Pope Pius X also was instrumental in, in lowering the age of receiving First Communion. Jesus, uh, in the Gospel, says, let the little children come to me. Unless we become like little children, we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And I think this was, I have to go back and study it, but I'm pretty sure this was the uh, the catalyst, that there was a child that who was about seven years old who asked the Holy Father, I want to make my Holy Communion. I want to make my first Holy Communion. The Pope asked him, well, do you know what it is? And he says, yes, Holy Communion is truly the body and blood, soul, divinity of Jesus Christ. I want to receive Jesus into my heart. The Pope said, well, you can make your first communion if you believe that. I'm pretty sure that that was the story. And that encounter between Pius X and this little child that really had a great yearning, a great desire to receive Holy Communion was a real motivation a real motivation for the Pope to lower the age. So the Holy Father lowered the age that a child already at seven years old could go to 
catechism and make his first Holy Communion after finishing his catechetical studies. So that contribution really is huge related to the Eucharist. More frequent reception of the Eucharist and lowering the age so that even the little children could receive our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Holy Communion. Heeding the words of Jesus himself who said, let the little children come to me. Pius X had many other contributions and I'd like to give you some of the others. He also he also encouraged the reading of the Bible. The reading of the Bible. And up to that point, we're talking about about 120 years ago. That the Catholics did not have the habit of reading the Bible. I'd like to tell you a personal anecdote related to the reading of the Bible and Catholics not known to reading sacred scripture. By the way, I'm going to be starting a course on the letter of St. James today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It'll be in Spanish. And next week, I'll invite all of you. I'll be doing a course on the letter of St. James next week in English, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So all are invited. So going back to the promotion of the Bible, of the Bible, My father went to college. It would have been probably the late 40s, early 50s. And my father, who was brought up and raised in Michigan, he, he went to Michigan State as a, as a business major. There in the college, there was a fairly well-known history professor who made this comment kind of off the cuff. He said, uh, as you know, as you know, Catholics really, they don't read the Bible. Now, my father, who never had a shy bone in his body. <clears throat> my, my father had a lot of self-confidence and to the point of being blunt at times. My father raised his hand and said, excuse me, professor, but that's not true. And my father had studied uh, 12 years in a Catholic school among which he had the really good Jesuit priest teaching him, and they taught him to read the Bible. So my father objected and told the professor that that's not, that's not the case. The professor thanked my father, 
And this professor, he, uh, he, he, he researched this, this topic. And when he came back to the class, the next class, he apologized to my father and to the Catholics and said, I apologize, I researched this and recognize it's, it's true what uh, Mr. Broom said, that Catholics, maybe not all of them, but many Catholics actually do read the Bible. We're talking about, this is probably about a good 70 years ago. This would be after of course, Pope Pius X. But the pervasive the pervasive understanding was that Catholics, they don't read the Bible. They read the lives of the saints. The priest on Sunday will read the Gospel and then the priest will explain the Gospel and the Bible to the people. That was the all-pervasive misconception that many people had. That many people had. So, it was St. Pope Pius X a good 130 30 years ago that really encouraged people to read the Bible. One of his encyclical Divino Aflatus, which was on the Bible. If any of you, any of you do the Liturgy of the Hours, Liturgy of the Hours today, we've got Isaiah, and then the second reading is taken from St. Pius X, and it's, the title is taken, is taken from that encyclical Divino Aflatus. And the reading is the the real beauty of the Psalms. How St. Pope Pius X encouraged us to read the Psalms. And he quotes St. Athanasius. And he's going to quote St. Augustine. And how the Psalms are so beautiful. We as priests and religious, we pray the liturgy of the hours. We've got five different hours every day. It doesn't mean an hour of prayer, but it means five different times that we pray the liturgy of the hours so as to sanctify different moments of the day. So my friends, uh, that's another contribution of St. Pope Pius X is uh, to get in the habit of reading the Bible and then building upon ecclesiology what the church teaches there in the 60s, when Pope John XXIII called the Vatican Council, one of the key documents, one of the key documents, is called Apostolic Exhortation. The first one to be published would be De Verbum. And De Verbum means the Word of God, in which the Word of God the Bible was encouraged to be read and meditated upon for all people of goodwill. And in that day verbum, 
apostolic constitution, the Council Fathers quote Saint Jerome. Saint Jerome in this. Saint Jerome in this. He says the ignorance of sacred scripture is ignorance of Christ. How can we how can we we really love a person if we don't even know who that person is? So that's another point, a salient contribution of Pope Saint Pius X that we should get in the habit of reading and meditating upon the Bible, which is truly the Word of God. What else? Another important contribution of St. Pope Pius X was that of politics. That we as priests and bishops and popes, we can't become mayors or governors or vice presidents or presidents. That's not our realm. That's not our realm. But Pope St. Pius X said that Catholics should be involved in the political arena. That they should vote for individuals that will be promoting the common good. Voting for people that have Christian values. Voting for people that will be promoting the culture of life. In other words, to overcome a certain indifference toward politics because maybe things seem to be going bad. No, we should be engaged in the political arena, voting properly, and and perhaps those who are called to act out in politics to prepare themselves to promote the common good. Another thing he did that he he wrote an encyclical letter in 1912 encouraging the Latin American bishops to improve the treatment of Indians that were working on plantations. So we're talking about more than 100 years ago, many of the Indian people, Latin America working on plantations and the the uh, working conditions were deplorable. And the Pope said that we should help out these people. Everyone has, everyone has a great dignity. We all have great dignity. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. Every person has great dignity, great worth, and destiny, which would be salvation. And another thing that he did was he tirelessly worked for peace because there was a lot of tension in Europe at that time. which could lead to war. 
He was aware that war was there was was a possibility, and he did all he possibly could, all he possibly could, to prevent war from breaking out. In other words, to live out that beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers, for they, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And he was known to have said, broke heartbroken, I would gladly give my life to save my poor children from this ghastly scourge. You see, he really felt himself, the word Papa, Papa, Pope. The word Pope, Papa, basically means Daddy. He really felt that he was, he was truly the Holy Father. And the people in the world, he considered his children. And he didn't want them to suffer the scourges of war and their after effects. Pope Pius X was born into great poverty and he had difficulty in accepting all the honors that were shown to the Pope. He preferred to live a very simple life. And I think that we can learn from him. We can learn from him this. The Beatitude, blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Perhaps we can step back and look at our own lives. And ask ourselves. Have we been contaminated by the modern culture. The modern culture of materialism. Do we have our minds. Our thoughts. our hearts, our actions, set upon the material realm. That will take us right into the gospel. That will take us right into the gospel. You're going to see a connection between this Pope and the challenge that Jesus makes in the gospel. But the Pope, Pius X, had one of these as his prayers. One of his prayers was, I am a poor man. And Jesus Christ is all. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you like that? Don't you love that? I am a poor man, but Jesus Christ is all. All his life, he had been poor. Even he used all of his money to help the poor. And he really did die poor. So 
So I really believe, my friends, that this Pope can, can teach us many things. But especially a great love for the Eucharist, a love for children, and a love for the Word of God. Alright, just a note on the first reading, and then I'll move into the Gospel. And I think there's a real parallel between especially the Gospel and the personal St. Pope Pius X. Okay, just one idea from the first reading, which is taken from Judges chapter 2. Is that the children of Israel, they offend the Lord by serving Baal. In other words, what you have, to give you an overall context of Judges, which, which we'll be reading this week, is that Moses has died, Joshua has died, and they have these judges to be to be governing the people. But the Israelites are surrounded by pagan nations. And as a result of that, there's the perennial temptation for them to deviate from following Yahweh or God, but rather to follow the paganism of the people that are surrounding them. And this they do. They fall into paganism, following these false gods. And the Lord, the true God, is not pleased with this. And he abandons them into the grasp of their enemies, and they suffer. Now, I think we can apply this to ourselves in this sense. You people in Perseverance family, you're Catholics, but we're surrounded we're surrounded by <clears throat> many false gods, paganism and idolatry. And I already mentioned one in conjunction with my talk on Saint Pope Pius the Tenth. And it is the real danger the real danger in our lives of capitulating <coughs> to materialism. To materialism. My mother would sometimes say, your possessions can possess you. Eric Fromm has said, if you are what you have and you lose what you have, then who are you? And I love the saying of Pope Pius X. He says, I am a poor man. I am a poor man. And Jesus Christ is all. Think about this, my friends. Related to Pius X. And his promotion of the Eucharist. If on a material plane, you have very little. But you go to Mass. And in the state of grace, you receive the Eucharist. 
which is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And you receive him with great faith, love, humility, and devotion, like the woman yesterday, the Canaanite woman. If you do, you receive him with the best of dispositions. Then, my friends and Perseverance family, you are the richest people in the world. You are the richest people in the world because you have God. You have the sacred heart of Jesus. You have God. You have the sacred heart of Jesus which is beating within your own heart. So, there we have one idea taken from the book of Judges. The children of God were surrounded by idols and we, especially in America, is that we are surrounded by by many false gods and Mark has made a good comment saying we never saw a moving van following a hearse to the cemetery. You can't take possessions with you. Well said. I really like I really like that that saying. You can't you never seen a, a Hugh Hall band with with commodities following a <laughs> following a a funeral a funeral van. That's true. And that takes us right into the gospel for today. I think they're all they all seem to be somewhat connected. The gospel for today is taken from Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22. And this follows Jesus blessing the children, giving you the overall context. So what we have today, there, it's the, it's the uh, biblical passage of what is called the rich young man in Jesus. So you have this young man, a good young man. He approaches Jesus with a lot of enthusiasm. And he asks Jesus, he asks Jesus, a very, very important question. A very, very important question. And that question is, Teacher, what must I do What good must I do to gain eternal life? Very, very important question. Teacher, what must I do? To 
attain eternal life, I think we should ask ourselves a question. You've heard that question probably many times before. But you might even revisit that. You might even ask yourself right now, what can I do right now? What can I do to, to draw closer to eternal life? In other words, what, can, what steps can I make in the right direction to get to heaven? And many of you are parents. Some of you are actually grandparents. But we all have relatives and friends. What can I do to draw closer to eternal life? What can I do to draw closer to heaven? What positive steps? You ask that in prayer, the Holy Spirit will enlighten you. And try to follow that try to follow that good inspiration. Jesus responds by saying, Why do you ask me about the good? There is only one who is good. And he's referring to God. Then Jesus responds by saying that if you want to enter into life, then Jesus says, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Then there's a, there's a good dialogue between Jesus and this rich young man. And that's really what prayer, prayer is, my friends. Prayer is a dialogue between Jesus, between God and us. It's not a monologue, but a, a two-way street. A two-way street. It's a two-way street. So, Jesus says, if you want to attain life, keep the commandments. How important that is. Keep the commandments. And he, then he goes on to ask the Lord, well, which, which ones? So, Jesus gives some of the commandments. He says, you shall not kill. And don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus gives him some of the some of the commandments. Now, for us, we loving God, it doesn't depend so much about feelings and emotions, uh, having an emotional high. Rather, our love for God, our love for God depends upon this. It depends upon obeying the Word of God and obeying His commandments. Jesus will go on to say, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but those who do the will of my Heavenly Father. So if we want to show we love God and we want to attain eternal life, we have to try to keep the 
commandments. To keep the commandments. Now, the rich young man responds as such. He says that all of these I have deserved. What do I still lack? <clears throat> so really, we don't we want to, we don't really want to put down this uh, this rich young man. How many rich young men today can say they've observed all the commandments? I think very few. Even ourselves, who are maybe not so young. So the fact that he spontaneously responds to Jesus saying, well, I've, I've obeyed these commandments ever since I was young. That's already a huge contribution. But Jesus is always challenging us. He's always challenging us not to stay where we're at. Not to stagnate. But rather to keep growing. Jesus challenges this rich young man by saying that if you wish to be perfect, go, sell what you have, <coughs> give it to the poor, and then Jesus says, then you, then you will have treasure in heaven. And then Jesus says, then after you have sold your your possession, you've given the money to the poor, you're going to have treasure in heaven. Treasure in heaven. Then he says, once you've given up your possessions, then Jesus says, then come and follow me. And one of the young man when he heard this statement, he went away sad. The reason being? He went away sad. The reason being? Was because he had many possessions. As I said earlier, as I said earlier, our possessions, our earthly material possessions, can end up by possessing us. Jesus will go on to say, we cannot serve God and money or mammon, God and money or mammon at the same time. And he went away sad because at that point in his life his possessions that he had were more important than following Christ. So my friends 
We've had a very good conversation today talking about the person of St. Pope Pius X to renew all things in Christ. The book of Judges, the perennial temptation to follow false gods or the idols that surround us. And finally, the challenge that Jesus said to the rich young man to leave all things to follow him. I invite all of you, my friends, let's pray for each other. I invite you to share, share our message with your friends. I invite them, your friends, to become part of our wonderful Perseverance family. I'd like to end by imparting to all of you my priestly blessing and then we'll see each other tomorrow. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of Mary, St. Pope Pius X, and God's angels and saints, may God bless all of you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.